Welcome to Boiling Point, the podcast to motivate ever-evolving entrepreneurs and forward-thinking movement pioneers. Our hosts, filmmaker Greg Hemmings and executive coach Dave Vale, are turning up the heat in the world's business communities. Our interviews with entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers are raising the temperature of inspiration. Live from the hottest studio in this quadrant of the universe, here are Dave and Greg. All right. So, hey, we're back, buddy. We're, we're, we're back. And Chris Hadfield, what, wasn't that an amazing oh, that interview? Cool. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. And I, I really loved how, uh, for our, our guest this week, how you uh, you prompted the question to see if you'd like to be part of the podcast by giving the pressure of saying, hey, how would it feel like following Chris Hadfield uh, interview? And our guest said, bring it on. Bring it on, baby. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, that was so cool um, interviewing uh, Commander Hatfield. He was kind. We're getting lots of good feedback on that, including people going, how the hell did you guys, you and Greg, get Commander Hatfield? And, and I said, well, well, this is the way we roll. Well, I was going to say, what, what do you think our friends are thinking of us if I we know. can't arrange that? Well, like, it wasn't friends. It was actually a whole bunch of people, friends yeah, okay. and, and beyond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, so so we, we reached out to some more folks, and right now um, we've got Glenn Cox on. He is a fabulous guy. I can't wait for you to get to know him a little bit better and the audience to get to know him. He is what I would describe as possibly, you know, those. remember that, that, that beer commercial, The Most Interesting Man? Yeah. Okay, this is Glenn Cox. Fantastic. Okay? This guy is like done everything okay so i won't even attempt to try to explain everything he's done and is doing um but there's some questions i certainly want to ask him um you know like how do you go from you know being an rcmp officer to being an inventor and you know launching cool products into the marketplace and then get on dragon's den and get uh, a, a fairly significant investment and be described as one of the best pitches they've ever seen on the dragon's den yeah and for our american counterparts the dragon's den our american audience the dragon's den is like the shark tank it's actually i think it was a precursor to the shark tank i think it would actually what what brought the shark tank yeah. out was the dragon's den yet another canadian uh, television success yes yes exactly so glenn has done this and more a forensic artist ah. I mean, oh yeah yeah I don't know. He's like, it's anyways. He's always one of these guys that every time I'm talking to him, uh, some conversation comes up, and he's, oh yeah, I used to do that. I spoke Italian or whatever the thing would be, right? I wonder how many hula hoops you can handle at one time. Uh, three thousand he did one time, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, three thousand and one. I think the world record. <laughs> so, um, so we're gonna bring him in, Glenn. You are there listening to me uh, introduce you. How are you with the introduction? He's not there. <laughs> I'm, uh, no, I'm actually just still thinking about no, it. No. I just needed some time. Your to think introduction about it. blew I'm his mind. See, that's what he did. See, he see how he did that. That's he, the he did that to mess you up because that. you deserve it. Oh, okay. Uh, how, so sorry, Glenn. I, I I honestly thought we lost you because you, that's how you played with my mind. Great, good job. Yeah. So, so are you okay with the introduction, or should we reintroduce uh, you? Well. Maybe not go on for so long, but now that we've gotten past that, hopefully people have forgotten about it, and uh, you can move on with your next question, Dave. Okay, okay. So you, uh, so Glenn, um, well, there's many questions. Um, I want to start with um, just getting um, a better handle, or maybe you can describe Zengo um, and Rupture Seal uh, for the audience, just to give them some context, because you are... 
an entrepreneur freaking going for it and um and you know not necessarily um or maybe the audience would be in, in you know really interested to hear just how you got into this entrepreneurial world um but can you start there maybe tell us a little bit about zango and and, and rupture seal absolutely dave um I, I see myself as an entrepreneur, but I also see myself as an innovator. So I call myself an innopreneur. Um, and basically what Zengo does is that we have a, um, an innovation company and we innovate life safety and environmental protection products. Um, probably the two most important things in the world today, number one is life safety and number two would be environmental protection. So if we stay focused on those uh, markets or those uh, those important things, then, um, you know, I feel that we're going to be very, very successful. And we have so far. So um, that's, and the rupture seal is actually a, a handheld device that's designed for sealing accidental ruptures and anything that leaks. And um, that's our lead product. And uh, we've launched that and we've now, um, now sell it in, I, I'm going to guess to say 34, 35 countries around the world now. And this is, and you're actually, and you live on Prince Edward Island, which is a province in in uh, in Canada, obviously in the Atlantic Canadian, one of the Atlantic Canadian provinces. Um, and you're doing it, and you've done this all from from PEI. Is that correct? That's correct, uh, Dave. And, and uh, you know, I, I'm not sure if you, you had a chance to see the Dragons Den, but I actually refer to Prince Edward Island as Innovation Island. And uh, there's some some great uh, great innovations that have actually come from this island over the years. So, for, and just, so a little more on rupture seal because this is a really cool story, Greg. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I want to know how, and I also want to know how he came from RCMP into inventing well, this stuff. I, yeah, and yeah. see, and here, <laughs> I, as I understand, this is part of the connection, right? There's like like in your pitch on Dragons Den, you actually made this really cool connection between an incident you saw as a police officer. And, and and this opportunity. And so, you know, can you share that with Greg and the audience? Yeah, absolutely, Dave. Um, when I was stationed with the RCMP on Vancouver Island, I responded to a tanker truck accident in a very remote part of the island called Sutton Pass. And a um, transport truck had overturned, a tanker truck, and uh, punctured a, a two-inch hole in the side of the truck spilling diesel fuel. Um, I arrived as a police officer and had nothing to stop the leak and the fire department arrived and I of course I was also a member of the fire department and we knew they had nothing to stop the leak and essentially we were using a backhoe to build a berm to try to prevent the uh, the fuel from running down into the river. So about two, two and a half hours later the uh, Department of Environment arrived all the way from Victoria and the guy goes to the back of his truck, he mixes some water and powder in a bucket um, kneads it into a big chunk of putty, then takes a small piece of plywood about the size of an iPad, um, unspools some rope off of it that he had in the back of his truck, and he passes the piece of wood to me and the long-handled shovel. And we go over to the to the leak, and he shoves the big chunk of putty in the hole, and then he um, takes the piece of plywood from me and shoves that in behind and then, um, and then uh, plugs off uh, the leak and props the shovel up in behind it to hold it all in place. So I thought, uh, not necessarily at that time, but later on after um, after I left the RCMP, I, I um, worked in the insurance industry and was at a spill site remediation seminar and realized that technology had not advanced since then. So I started sketching an idea down on a piece of paper and uh, that's what it ended up being to what it is today. That's incredible. It's uh, 
so often I, I see people's, uh, uh, or I don't, I don't see people's innovations, but we, we see products that are made, and I, I am always wondering what the story is behind it. And, you know, we oftentimes see inventors as people that sit in their basement in their labs and just trying to dream up things, and, uh, you know, it, it all pretty much comes from imagination. But I I would suggest that most of these innovations and in, in inventors are people like you that stumble upon upon a uh, a problem that needs to be solved or a pain in the in the in the marketplace, and you happen to have some really uh, really creative brain power and you put it together. And so for you, when did you start seeing the opportunity as uh, as far as a business is concerned? Uh, as soon as that idea came into your head, or did you think oh, this could be a good product a product that should be developed someday? No, I um, when I. Uh first came up with the, with the idea, Greg, I shared it with some people in the industry. And uh, once, uh, you know, I started to get some very, very positive feedback um, from industry advisors and, you know, like first responders and fire departments and people like that. And w- once um, I got some feedback, that really encouraged me to, to really start a business. So I incorporated a business and, uh, you know, I, I was actually doing a lot of the uh, the work in the, in the first part of my business uh from home and my actually my garage was my test lab and uh so we did uh, some testing there and then we eventually moved into a commercial space and uh you know in the last uh four years we're now into our third uh building just because we keep growing in size so that's incredible and uh would you would you say glenn that you're still looking for those opportunities uh as uh, you know as, as you go uh, through your day-to-day experience uh trying to find other pain points in the market and uh, brilliant new ideas come you, up you know what or, you don't you don't you don't I don't even know, ask questions. you don't even realize what you just asked <laughs> okay well i want to hear the answer he is like no because once i sat down i said and, and i i asked that question um and uh you probably got a thousand other ideas that you just you know haven't t- you know have taken forward but not as far as this right glenn would that be fair to say yeah. I mean, like, uh, absolutely, Dave. I wouldn't say a thousand, but quite a few. And, oh my God! And it's just really, um, you know, getting back to your question, Greg. It's just really about problem solving. Is all it is. I mean, you identify a need, and and the thing too is, um, you know, people do come to me often because they know I'm an innovator, and and they do come to me and ask me, you know, what do you think of this idea? What do you think of this product? Um, do you think I could uh, get somewhere with this like you have? And really, the two most important things are. Anything or any idea that you come up with, it has to be what's called meaningfully unique. So the product has to have meaning, and it has to be very unique, and it has to really solve a problem. Um, so I, I do have quite a few ideas, and of course, as you know, it costs a lot of money to, you know, to file patents around the world as we have on our product, and to continue to, you know, to to keep things uh, pushing forward, it it takes a, a fair bit of money, and uh, that's really the only thing that's holding us back on on um, you know, pursuing some of the other ideas that we have. So, Glenn, what would have what would it have meant? Like, what would a rupture seal have meant to the tanker overturned on Vancouver Island when you showed up as uh, you know one of the first responders? Like, and you had had rupture seal, like a kit. Yeah. What what tell the audience like what what it would have meant to that particular spill? You know, because because as you tell the story, it took two and a half hours for even someone to show up. So I'm assuming everything yeah. was leaking for two and a half hours. That's correct, David. The difference would have been a, a few uh, a few gallons um, to a few thousand gallons in, in difference. And then what happens is that the, once that product leaks out, um, that the soil is now contaminated. So there's a tremendous um, amount of time, money, and effort that goes into remediating that spill site. So they actually have to dig the, the site up. 
Um, they, they, they drill test wells. Um, engineers go in for the next year to, to, um, to, you know, gather samples from those test wells to see if it, uh, it's clean enough to, to shut it down. So it, it's a big difference for that's sure. A, that's also the, the other incredible part of uh, these success stories as we evolve as a innovative species is think about the savings, just the financial savings and the, the true impact on humanity and the environment that some of these very simple innovations are providing us. And uh, that must feel really good, Glenn, to, to know that you have created a product that has, like you say, has meaning and a purpose, uh, but not just for the sake of a product, but truly for the sake of of governments and for transportation and for the environment and for truck drivers and safety. There's so many things that come out of this small idea that 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 uh, that you stumbled upon, and I think that's the part that I find really interesting about this interview. Is uh, we always want to inspire our listeners from the content that we get from our guests, and I, th- I feel that there's a theme here of keeping our eyes open for those opportunities when you see them and realize you can commercialize things like this and you can make a significant impact in the world. I'd like to know, Glenn, if, if you have any uh, any advice maybe uh, for, you know, just even, even the average uh, person who is just going day to day sees problems but just assumes that somebody else is tackling the issue. Uh, and, and any insight on that? Well, um, the, the first thing is that... Um you know, there there are so many people out there that do have um, great ideas and have ideas that, uh, um, you know, that are very worthy of, of filing a patent on or commercializing. Um, the, I think the, the biggest thing, and as you know, Greg and, and Dave and, you know, all of our um, our WMI cohorts, it's um, the, the biggest part is, is um, you know, not coming up with necessarily the idea. It's having, you know, the courage and... and and the guts, I guess, to uh, to pursue it and continue it to full commercialization. I, I had the opportunity um, back in October to to speak at the University of Ottawa um, at a symposium, and the um, when I spoke there, um, it was amongst a lot of students and people that had great innovations that they were trying to commercialize. And I basically said that um, an innovation is only an idea unless it's commercialized. So. That's really the, the 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 big piece of advice is that if you have a great idea, do some research on it, um, follow up with it, and then if if there's an opportunity to um, let, let's be honest, if there's an opportunity to make money, then you you certainly um, pursue it for sure. So for you, you know, like and then, and you mentioned WMI, which is the Wallace McCain Institute, and we're part of we're both members in the of the same cohort. Glenn and I are, and uh, Greg's in a in a cohort ahead, a bit ahead of us, and it's a bunch of you know, pioneering entrepreneurs that get together and really support each other. And so we get to learn a lot about each other's businesses and the ups and the downs, and we all have them. Um, For you, Glenn, um, you know, commercializing, you know, getting this out into the market, and it's done, you know, remarkably well. Um, What what is the biggest learning for you? Like what, or you know, what were you finding challenging? And, you know, what did you enjoy most or hate most? Or, you know, like, tell, tell us a little bit about that experience. Um, the the probably the biggest pain point, Dave, like any entrepreneur, and I'll tell you, I'm not, I, I won't mention his name, but he's one of the has one of the largest businesses in Atlantic Canada. And I had the opportunity to spend some time with him one day, and we're walking through his business, and I looked at him and I asked him what his biggest challenge is. And this man has a multi million dollar business, and he looked back at me and he said, cash flow. 
and I just about my heart just about stopped because I, here I am with this startup business trying to struggling through uh, you know just about every day of the month, and I suffer. He suffers the same problems that I am. Um, so I I would say that if you're going to um, um, if I was to do it over it again in my very first equity equity raise that I did. I would uh, certainly ask for at least twice as much money as I did when I started because you, you always you always under, underestimate Dave how much you're actually going to need. So oh, yeah. yeah, amen. It would have been a lot easier. I can totally ask. amen is right. I'm, I'm getting yeah. nervous right now thinking about that. I know. Let's, <laughs> right, let's okay. Let's let's well. So but here's here's a cool way to raise money. Go on a TV show called The Dragons Den. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, go in front of the dragons and. Um, we gotta hear about this. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, and and definitely. I don't know. Have you seen? Have, I don't think you've seen it, Greg. I haven't seen Glenn's episode. It is on, and and we gotta get uh, Matt to put a link up. Yeah, for um, sure. Because it is cool. I've shared it with a lot of people who don't know Glenn. And what was amazing about, and I want to hear from your perspective, but I just want to share quickly what my perspective was. What was what I thought was so remarkable about Glenn is, you know, not you know that you you got some investment from one of the dragons, and you actually had a three, I think, competing uh, for for investment. So that's cool, right? Uh, and they came, yep. and then and he walked in, and and the premise of the show is you walk in, and you know this, Greg, we've seen it, but for people that haven't seen it, you walk in with a concept, and you have to describe this concept succinctly. And Glenn did a demonstration, and he had a a, a storyline, and it was clear and clean, and like I mean, everyone that I've shared this with comes back and says, "I totally get what he does." Like it's fascinating how he explained it. So now, now I know you to be a man of many words, Glenn. So some something happened between you know I don't know how you prep, but man, that was fabulous. But what was your experience like walking onto the set and going through it? You looked a little nervous, but but that's only because I know you. You actually were pretty calm and cool. <laughs> Dave, the uh, first of all, that what what a lot of people don't know about, and, and that I explained to them when they asked me that question, is that what you saw was only roughly five minutes or six minutes of of an episode that was shot over about forty five minutes. So you really um, don't know what the final cut or the final edit is going to be. Um, and I, I can honestly say that throughout that 45 minutes, um, not once did they did they rock me back on my heels. Um, you know, I felt I, I was a bit nervous, but I think it was more because you're a bit starstruck. And if you if you listened, uh, you know, I, I made mention to Jim, and that's the connection that I made with him. Of course, being a former RCMP officer as well, and I, I use the analogy, Dave, that I. Um, I felt like I was. Uh, I came to the show being prepared in a sense that I'm just like I'm going to give evidence in court, where I'll present my evidence, which essentially is my pitch, yep. and then what happens then is I'm going to be cross-examined by a defense a defense lawyer, and I so I put my my head in that space and and. Uh, um, it was like I've done it before, really, is what it, what it felt like. And Jim totally got that when I explained it to him. Um, but Jim thought that uh, that the, the the dragon's den was a lot easier than court, and I I kind of had to argue a bit with him on that one. So <laughs> and he, he was he was eventually who invested in you, and you made a you made an initial yeah. connection. And at the end, they actually they they embrace like they're brothers, right? Like they they understand yeah. each other. It was really fascinating. Yeah. So I guess so that's a good point. I should have known that it was edited down, but but um, so how did so so how did you um. You know, like just tell the tell our audience just quickly about how you, you know, how you kind of 
shortened the story and, and, and told it in such a compelling way? Like, what was the process? Um, well, Dave, you, you guys know you both own businesses and you, you have to have that, that elevator pitch just down to a perfect science. And um, so I've, I've told my story literally thousands of times. I mean, I travel around the world doing trade shows, as you know, Dave, and, and uh, I'm all over the place and we're constantly doing trade shows. So I, I, I pitch my product thousands and thousands of times. And this was just another time to pitch the product. And, and, and that's uh, probably another key message um, to anybody that, uh, okay, sorry, let me just back up, Dave. Um, this is just um, uh, a key message to the two people that would be listening to this show. Um, did you get that, Dave? Yeah, yeah the two <laughs> people. No, after, after Commander Hatfield, there's only probably going to be two, two people listening to no, this. Oh, no, that's no, not the case. So, that's not the case. I, yeah, Greg so, and I at least, right? <laughs> yeah, there you go. Thanks, guys. No, that's going to be um, thousands, so anyways, uh, but the <laughs> yeah, but my message, you know, to to people that are that are pitching a business or a concept or an idea or whatever, is first of all is to know your product and your pitch and have that down like you can say it without any hesitation at all. And the other thing too is like I did, um, you know, if you remember Dave, I first made a connection with Arlene by asking her to come down yeah. and help me demonstrate the product. And then once she did and she saw it, like she was like. She turned around and said to the rest of the dragon, she goes, did you see this? Did you guys see this? So as soon as that happened, I knew she was on my side, and I knew she, now she was helping me get the rest of them on my side. So, you know, it's uh, – and then it's make that connection. So I made it with Arlene, and then I made it – I was able to make it with – well, I made it with uh, – I got three offers, so – um, obviously made a good connection with three of them. So and the and again for people that don't watch and I, I don't can't say I watch every show, but I mean there's That's so many people that came on, go, go on who get zero. Oh right? yeah, 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 and walk away you know with their tail between their legs. So that was amazing. Um, yeah, and it, I also feel like it's uh, your experience and that super tight. And I know you you were there for forty five minutes and we only saw five, but uh, um, that is such a great thing to practice for even if you're never going to end up on the dragon's den as far as pitching yourself you know like uh and you're just making me think right now because i uh i'm also kind of in a position with our company where we're really carving out what it is that we are and what the purpose of the company is and what our our pitch is because we're going to be hitting the road again and really positioning ourselves internationally so i'm back in that space of what is our pitch what makes us significantly different than every other Hemings House pictures in the world because there's there's video awesome video production companies everywhere and you're making me uh, think that it is time to start you know to dust off the pitch and craft it as if I'm going to be on the Dragon's Den I think that's a neat little takeaway for this yeah and you know Greg Greg too that the um, the thing and I know Dave you had mentioned earlier there in the introduction that I was a forensic artist in the RCMP which I was and and uh that that uh, itself requires a lot of very specialized training that I received down at, in Quantico at the FBI Academy. And one of the most important things about um, interviewing a witness to, to produce a composite drawing is you have to have the ability to stimulate all five senses. So I'm not just asking what they saw. I want to know what they heard, felt, smelt, Everything. I want to stimulate all five of those senses in order to elicit memory. And Greg, you're in the you're in the visual business, yep. right? Yep. 
you're in the visual business and, and Dave, you're in, you know, you're in the coaching business. And the thing is, is that when you're trying to, um, you know, evoke a reaction or a response or, or elicit memory or whatever you're trying to do, um, if you have in your mind, I don't just want to visually stimulate this person. I want to try to stimulate this person in, in as many ways as I can with using as many of their senses because you're going to you're going to gain a, a bigger re- reaction um, from them. How how does like you know that actually this, this is a nice segue to uh, what I was uh, I've always I don't think I've ever had a chance to ask you this but you know you're an entrepreneur um, you know you were you were you know were formerly a police officer amongst other things. How did the the work with the RCMP, you know, and like, you know, being a forensic artist and you're giving us some insight there, but how did that prepare you to be, um, you know, to jump into the world, the entrepreneurial world? Well, that, it, that, that's, uh, um, it was huge. And, and, you know, you, people perhaps may not be able to see the connection, but the training and experience that you, you get while you're in the RCMP when it comes to dealing with um, people um, when it comes to writing reports, when it comes to interpreting um, law, like I, I just spent the morning um, interpreting a, a legal document, uh, and then um, spent the other part of the morning reading insurance documents. So, they're, they're, so interpreting law and being able to do things like that, um, ha- having the ability to make a decision, and I, and I perhaps would call my management style. Uh, um, tactical in a sense that I can assess a situation very, very quickly um, and make make a decision without hesitation in the best interest of moving forward. And those are the types, like when someone's, you know, pointing a gun at you and you've got to make a, a decision to shoot or don't shoot, man, running a business is pretty easy um, when it comes to making <laughs> that's, decisions. <laughs> that's, a, that's a really good point. And it's, it's also yeah. really neat, too, uh, you know, we've been joking about uh, having Commander Hatfield on, on on the last episode, but one of the one of the things in his book that he was saying, he was talking about all the incredible training and skills that he received by preparing to be an astronaut, and how those are completely relatable to everyday life. Uh, yeah. So, what a blessing that you had going through that adventure of uh, being an RCP and training and uh, training those skill sets. And uh, uh, I would say you have an incredible advantage uh, now as an entrepreneur having that behind you. And uh, I, I guess another another lesson there to be learned is, if if you're thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, don't assume that your previous life uh, has nothing to do with your future success. It's a uh, it's kind of a neat little. Well, it's uh, kind of like Steve Jobs saying, you know, you, you like you can you totally. can connect the dots looking backwards, right? That's right. Um, yeah. And you know, and the other thing that I think would be interesting for people listening to this is. You know, you didn't jump into this at 25 years old. Like, no. you know, Zango, like, how old were you when you, you know, like, I'm not to give away your age necessarily, I but. don't think we really need to talk about that, Stacey. <laughs> I think we should. No, but the reason for it, Glenn, is is uh, is I think that um, it is so cool to, um, you know, like, I guess the point is, like, a lot of times you hear people saying, well, that would be great, but, you know, it's too late kind of thing. And that could be a thirty-year-old saying that, you know, because I've already started yeah. my career, my education, da da da, and and that's an that's, that's something I wanted to weave into this because I mean, for me, that's inspiring to hear, you know. Actually, when I initially met you, I remember thinking, how cool is that, right? That you, you know, that you jumped into this, um, you know, and and a lot of people don't even go there, like they're on this track, yeah. right? 
And I know from a coaching perspective, I run into people that are in, in the, the later parts of their career. And they're just starting to think, I wonder if I could do something different. But, they, they you know, some, for some people, they feel like they're in literally they're on the boxed. track. Yeah. And they can't get yeah. off it. And then others somehow yeah. can. And, and anyways, you, I think you're a great example of saying, okay, that was cool. How do I leverage this learning into this? So, yeah. so sorry. Well, so, the, so for you, I'd love to hear about that. Yeah. Yeah, well, the difference, I think, with me, David, I mean, I'm sure it's, similar with some and, and it's not but the difference with me is that I I mean I I don't have to be doing what I'm doing I mean I I could I retired with a pension and I've got a, a you know a, enough income to support myself without uh, doing this crazy stuff I know you can't say the word shit on your show but oh uh, you sure can we just, oh, got, okay. we, we just got the explicit sign right there. Bam! <laughs> <laughs> little, little E square. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks to Glenn Cox. Yeah. So, anyways, there's crazy stuff, um, but uh, it's it, you know what? I, I actually I had an article. I was in an article in. Um, I'm starting to think what it was. It was I don't know if it was uh, the Globe and Mail. I think um, contacted me. Um, oh, contacted right. me yeah, a few yeah, uh, a, a couple of years ago and did this article um, on baby boomers or baby boomers starting a second entrepreneurial career. So that'll give you an idea, Dave, um, where I'm at. But um, it's pre, you know pre, what pre baby boomer. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Dave. Um, but anyways, that you know what? I I never once uh, um, used my age as an excuse not to do something because, you know, you're you're um, you only live this life once, and you do whatever you're passionate about. And and I, as you know, Dave, I have an incredible amount of passion for what I do, and and uh, that's really, I think, what you know, what's driving it. And I, you know, I have my staff here and, and uh, I've got a phenomenal team and, you know, we all sort of same that share that same passion and they're able to do that, um, you know, with me, which is kind of nice. I really enjoy it. Well, this is good. And we're going to uh, come close to an end here, Glenn. And I, I've already asked you for a bit of advice, uh, but I, I'd like to, I'd like to give you an opportunity to, uh, to go there again. It's uh, think about all of the, Entrepreneurs, uh, even in in our in our Walsh McCain group, who are uh, who are just jumping into this into this adventure, um, give us a little piece of advice and encouragement about you know running close to the edge. You know, cash flow is going to be tight, but you, but there's yep. a you know all that sort of thing. Uh, we really yep. want to encourage entrepreneurs to know that uh, this adventure is actually winnable. You can do this if you keep pushing forward, and just from your experience. Yeah. Um, there's, um, the, uh, what, what, there's a couple sayings that I really like, Greg, that, that will explain it, but I'll explain it further. One is success is on the other side of fear, um, which is a, which is normally the only thing that holds somebody back is fear. You're afraid to do something. Oh, I don't know. You know, people will start to start to hesitate and it's not, it, it's fear that, um, um, you know, and, and you literally, the only one that is stopping you from doing what you want to do in your life is you. Nobody else. You know, when you look in the mirror, that's your competition. Nice. That, that's your competition. So you don't need um, any, you, you know, there's always great to have encouragement from people, but all of that literally has to come from within inside of you. you. You need to be the one that has the guts. You need the one that has to have the drive. You need the, you know, you have to help all of those things. And you can't be afraid 
to just step off that edge and do it. And the other thing, too, is, you know, 99% of the things that we worry about never come true. I mean, I have a CFO here in my company, Greg, that, you know, he literally pulls his hair out. And I just sit in my office and kind of chuckle because, you know what? I know we're going to get through it. I we're love that. Get through this. On the, yeah, I'm, we're on the get same way. This. And I, I feel yeah. that entrepreneurs... And a lot of people, especially even in our in our friend group and our uh, peer group, yeah. we're all like that, and we do drive our accountants and our business advisors crazy yeah. Yeah. because we're yeah. like, "Don't worry, guys, it's going to work out. We've got a good product, we've got good does. people. It will always work out." A couple of times it doesn't, <laughs> but you know those those are fun ex- examples too. But you said ninety nine percent of the time it's gonna it's gonna be good. That's great advice, Dave. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so I so uh, just on a closing note, um, why don't you share with us? Um, one, if you can, of the, the coolest new uh, kind of products that you see launching to the marketplace that you that you feel, com- well, I mean, uh, hopefully you feel comfortable sharing. I mean, now there's hundreds of thousands of people listening to this, so keep that in mind. But, I mean, there's some okay. really cool stuff that yeah. Glenn's got in the pipeline. Cool. So, so just to give yeah. give the audience a sense of where this guy's, you know, how Glenn's brain works and what he sees as opportunity. <laughs> so so let's, let's, yeah. hear, let's hear, like, the ones that won't, Causes to be super explicit, um, yeah. uh, you know. So you got to you got to keep it family friendly. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, the um, one of the one of the ideas, uh, Dave, that I and I'm not sure if I, I don't think you've heard of this one because this is a a fairly new one. And I had the opportunity to speak some to some pretty neat people when I was in Ottawa when I when I was receiving the the Manning Award. But the um, I have been in contact or someone put me in contact with a um, he's a design engineer from uh, Montreal and he has designed a stand-up basically a stand-up wheelchair and what this stand-up wheelchair does is that someone basically stands up and someone has to push them around so now I um, have been talking with him and we're looking at um, adding sort of a whole other element to the stand-up wheelchair, which allows the um, um, the person standing in the wheelchair to mechanically propel themselves forward and around anywhere they need to go. And um, I can't tell you get into a whole lot more detail than that, Dave, only because Patents. it's... Uh, <laughs> well, exactly, because if you disclose your idea, then you're kind of hooped, right? So... Um, that's another thing too. If people are interested in in uh, patenting patenting an idea, um, you cannot disclose it publicly. And once you do, then you are prevented from filing a patent by law. Oh. So n- nice so, work, Dave, to really put him on the hot spot. Well, I just there. was Jeez. checking to make sure if he was using his uh, <laughs> background of interpreting law. All right. <laughs> See, that was just hey, you know. Hey, but hey, but Dave, can I can I give you a? I know you're asking for a for a story, but let me let me tell you guys and this and this is i because i get this a lot when people find out that i was in the rcmp and they're always like well tell me your best story and i know we're running short of time here but i want to tell this one to you is that i i was stationed on vancouver island i responded to a deer that had been struck on the highway so the vehicle the truck that removes the dead animals from the road was there and the lady that hit the deer was parked in front of his truck so i pulled in behind um the highway truck and I walk up, and there's this huge deer, like a deer that would get Donnie Fillmore excited, was laying on the side of the road, okay? And I walked up, and I asked the guy, I said, do you need help moving it off the road? And he said, no. He said, I don't think it's dead. 
So I went up and I'd give it a little push with my boot and thought, okay, well, it's, uh, it's dead. So I grabbed this thing by the antlers and started dragging it off the road, and it gets up. Oh, zombie and apocalypse. I, well, yeah, and you know, dancing with, dancing with wolves? Well, I was dancing with a deer. Literally holding this deer back with all of my might, all of the strength I had in my body, I was holding this deer back, and he was just trying to poke me with his antlers. And finally, we danced over to the soft shoulder of the road, I pushed him back, and as I pushed him back, I turned around and ran, and he comes up on his hind legs with his hoof, his two front hoofs, and he's, and he's you know, trying to get me. And then finally, he, he falls over into, down and rolls down into the ditch. And, of course, what I do is uh, he's now laying in the ditch, and he can't get up, and he's uh, so, of course, I had to, uh, had to put this poor thing out of his misery and myself as well, just in case he got back up again. I turned around and looked. And the guy from the high, Department of Highways was hanging on the back of his tailgate, <laughs> laughing so hard oh that he my. said, if he would have had a camera, we would have made the world's funniest video right there. <laughs> oh, but my God. Anyway. All, wow. All, funny, in, uh, police story, but... all in the day. <laughs> no, no, no. Just, now, if we were now, and when, when Glenn comes to town or we go to Charlottetown, and sit down and have a beer. I mean, this is just this is just, it just constant, constant. I constant. love people like that. <laughs> I love that. And, yeah, and, yeah. and and I think there's a really interesting documentary in in uh, Glenn's life that it, you need to could, consider. It could be a cartoon series. It, well, it could be that section, but there's a I mean, some, um, there's a fascinating book coming out at some point. So I that's part of why I wanted to connect you and Glenn because I think I mean this is good fodder for really good entertainment, right? I mean, he's got so many good yeah. stories. Man, thank um, you, thank you so Greg, much. Greg, it already is. Just hang on, Dave. It already is a, a cartoon series. Um, Greg, it's called Dudley Do Right. Just in <laughs> case you haven't seen it. <laughs> oh, congratulations! <laughs> ah, you're the you're the best, buddy. Listen, you thank you for just coming on and thank you jumping guys. on and and, yeah, and I'll talk, and I guarantee this will be very downloaded. And yeah. I, we're gonna do some takeaways, uh, Glenn. We're gonna let you go, and we're gonna. Uh, I get to talk about you uh, behind your back, but you'll then listen to it, and yeah. hopefully you'll still talk. But thanks, Dave. Thanks so much for thanks, uh, for getting on thanks. with us, and, man. And, and one last thing, Dave. I know um, when you said in the introduction, you said about uh, people that listen to your show um, can't believe that you and Greg got Commander Hotfield on your show. Like, But you know what? I actually had a chance to talk to him. And he can't believe that he got on your show. Wow, there nice. we go. Ah, yes, there, there we go. go. Another That's story to Glenn. Oh, yeah. unreal. <laughs> Thanks, Glenn. See you, man. See you, brother. Talk to you. Talk to you guys. Take care. Yeah, okay. talk soon. Bye-bye. All right, bye. See, Dave, I love the, <clears throat> I love the guests that we bring in that you know, one of the two of us have an intimate friendship with because you really, you know, like it's a, it completely lightens the mode. And, and you know all of his stories and you know that, you know. I know half of them. Oh, I, maybe not even. I know probably 25% of them. I mean, they, like literally, like I don't have, we don't have time because we're, yeah. we're like in these, as you know, you get together, you got speakers coming and we're in this group together. And But, uh, but I mean, one of the things um, that I would encourage anyone to do that goes to, to that region. And Glenn is a very, uh, you know, he's an open book. He's a, he, he, he welcomes all, all guests, but just to sit down and chat. I yeah. Mean, it is, I mean, literally incredible. Some of the things he's done to the point where 
you know, and I've shared this to Glenn before that there are sometimes it's like if I didn't know him better, like almost unbelievable, like unbelievable. But the reality is he has done these things. And, you know, you know, those people you meet, there's a, there's that small handful of people. So now he'll tell me a story and it'll be like, oh, my God, I can't, you know, and like, but that's Glenn. Right. There's, there's a flip side to that as well, though. Um, <clears throat> I truly believe that the average person who uh, thinks that they, they don't have stories like that, they actually do. They just wow is that your is that actually a ringer wow okay what, what band was that i have no idea oh it's, it's your phone well, i don't my it's not my itunes my that's not your itunes, iTunes. No, we have one account and i just get any song <laughs> so i have no idea well okay was. there you go but it sounded kind of well it sounded kind of i don't know i wonder, if that, really I, wonder if, I wonder if that was our next guest coming maybe, on. oh yeah maybe. um so anyway where was i i, I think well, I was, everyone's got stories. oh everybody's got a story so i i find you know it, it's, it goes back to the andrew tidby podcast that we had where we were talking about it's it's almost important to share cool stories it's just it's one of those things that gets conversations going and it can inspire people um but a lot of people uh, either forget them or don't think they're valid stories. Uh, but think about all those minor, bizarre little things that have happened in your life that you didn't pull out at a cocktail party, you know? And uh, uh, anyway, he's that type of guy. Uh, you could totally tell he's got great adventures. And uh, and everyone, and you know what? I think that's a really, you know, that's a really interesting point you bring up about. And, and I, we'll, we'll talk about takeaways from Glenn in a second. It was a woman who was up and she, I think she's a CEO of, um, you know, women for women, like it's about trying to help women in war torn countries, uh, uh, escape violence. And she was speaking to a, a coaching conference I was at in, um, actually, you know what? I think it was in California in Long Beach. Oh yeah. I was uh, there. We, yeah. We, I wasn't yeah. allowed in, but no, I was there. You were there. Yeah. yeah. You didn't pay for the, I saw Wu-Tang, uh, play. That's right. Yeah. So she gets up and she starts telling a story. Um, and her message in her story was she starts talking about, you know, um, going in and talking to victims of, um, you know, these brutal, brutal uh, atrocities that happen in war, uh, primarily women obviously, and, and children. And she's encouraging them to tell their stories to help uh, unload the, you know, the grief and, and all the things that, that come along with it. And it was very powerful. And then midway through the presentation, she starts saying um, some, she had some people challenge her to tell her story. And then so, so she says, you know, I realized I wasn't telling my story. Mm-hmm. And then she goes into her story about escaping from Iraq. And her father was a pilot from Saddam Hussein. And I mean, it was it was like blow your socks off kind of story that she hadn't been sharing. And her message to the audience was, you know, we all have amazing stories. Yeah, I, and I believe that. why are we that. holding them back? I believe that, yeah. I'll tell you, like, and you know, that's a really good example. And I know from a coaching perspective, it encouraged me to say, you know, sometimes people can 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 make sense of their situation through a story you share, something you've observed, something you've been through yourself, or whatever. So it encouraged me to start telling stories um, as a way of as a skill, as a coaching skill. And um, you know, and and so the work you do is so fascinating because you actually, you know, you have a great ability to help people pull out stories that That's wouldn't right. naturally do it, right? Yeah, Glenn's one of, to me a natural storyteller, <clears throat> and he and you know, in fact, like. He just he just has a million of them, so he, he will have a part two of this podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, so of course, biggest takeaway uh, for you. <laughs> okay, who is that? I guess who, what band that is. It sounds great. So just just for our listeners, we're we're so high tech here that uh, uh, Dave's iPhone is our uh, conduit to our guests. Uh, <laughs> oh, you know what? You got you got some to How about this? I'll just turn it off. Hold on. Oh, there goes a the guy. <laughs> 
We'll edit all this. No, no, no. It's good. <laughs> For the listening audience, my coffee just fell all over me. I have no idea okay. why this. So, so that Who is, is it? part of me, no, no. Katie Perry. It's Katie Perry. <laughs> so, so, everybody listen. Dave's got Katie Perry <laughs> on his. Uh, got, check this out. Dave's got Katie Perry all over his phone. I've got coffee <laughs> all over my jeans and all over our podcast. So, take booth. away before Sorry. Katie Perry starts again. I don't understand why this keeps singing, but obviously, maybe she's next guest. Maybe she is. Yeah. My biggest takeaway, there's a million of them. One of the ones I really did like, and we didn't talk too much about it, was success was the opposite of fear, which goes right back to my whole uh, philosophy in life, which is uh, love is uh, is the opposite of uh, fear. Hate is not. Um, Hatred comes from uh, from fear. And I just love love that concept. And uh, if you can avoid fear in your life, then you will live uh, a passionate life uh, that is based on love. How's that? Even though that's not what we talked about in innovation and RCMP and killing no, dead but, deers and but no, uh, but he, zombie but, apocalypse. No, but he, he went for it because he decided not to be fearful of it and go for it and, yeah. and put himself and take the risk and all those kind of That's the way I see okay. connection. So it's really, How about it's beautiful. you? Um, yeah, well, you know, the obvious thing, and I, I always take from Greg, from Greg. I'm looking at Greg with the coffee all over himself and the booth. Now it's freaking hot in here, but we're not supposed to talk about the booth. Um, Glenn, um, I just, you know what? The second act. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, because for whatever reason, you go through life and at a certain point, you kind of think, well, you know, uh, maybe I'm a little bit, you know, and I'm talking because I'm just past 40. You know, maybe, you know, you start thinking weird stuff. And I, then I didn't even understand when I was in my 20s. because, yeah. But you start kind of looking at the road ahead and you go, well, should I embark? You know, all this kind of stuff. So I love that, you know, going for it. Um, not, uh, you know, and, and just saying, uh, you know, I have one life and let's live it passionately. So that's that was my big takeaway and uh, of, of many things. I just love him as a guest and no, he's, he's a great, great guy. And so hopefully, uh, well, we'll have all the links to check out his site. Uh, check yeah. out The Dragon's Den. There's a short five-minute video um, about a really awesome pitch in a way he connect with uh, potential investors. Well, I'm and, looking forward to seeing that. And in the show you know notes. that whole thing about being cross-examined. Like yeah, that's yeah, a really yeah. and just how he put his his mindset in that. You know, and, and, and went for it. So, um, so let's like, and I hope people share this because this is cool. Okay, let's, Katie let's, Perry, let, 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 let it go. Off. And Matt is going to overlay the real version of the song to to let us exit. Actually, doesn't have to. You're doing the job for it. Just leave it on, Dave. It's good. So thanks for uh, listening to <laughs> the Boiling Point. It smells like coffee in here. Uh, make sure you uh, you share this. And if anybody has any uh, guest suggestions, please uh, reach out to us. And uh, we uh, really appreciate you joining us uh, this week on The Boiling Point. Thanks for checking out this episode of Boiling Point. Remember to rate and subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Boiling Point Pod. To see more from Dave Vale, check out leadershipunleashed.ca or visioncoachinginc.com and on Twitter at Dave underscore Vale. And to catch up with Greg, visit hemmingshouse.com and at Greg Hemmings on Twitter. Thanks for listening and remember, keep that pot boiling. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. 
My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on blasttheradio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's blasttheradio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter.